1: Hey, it's Steve Sparky Fiber, 1250 AM The Fan uh, here in beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Another edition of the Spare Time Bowling Show. Follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio. We got $2 Phil, Phil Brilo. Follow him on Twitter at Bruce City Bowling. Dwight Albert at the Spare Time Pro Shop. That's how we came up with the name of this show a decade ago. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Dewey 300. Joining us now on the phone uh, is special guest, Packy Hanrahan. Of course, check him out on YouTube at the House Bowling, Packy. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh,
1: okay, I, I want to kind of just take this back and kind of start at, at the beginning because I've got uh, a seven-year-old uh, that's you know starting bowling and doing all that stuff. We've all heard the Belmani' story of how he started bowling and so forth. What's the Packy Hanrahan story of how this whole thing started for you?
2: I uh, just really started up in high school when. I couldn't play basketball anymore, so I had to do some after-school activity, and bowling was only twice a week.
1: Wait a second. You played basketball. <laughs> now, I know you're an NBA fan. I saw your Twitter account, which hasn't been active in a couple of years. I'll point that out, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, so, w- what position did you play in, the, uh, in basketball?
2: I was a shooting guard. Ooh. Yeah, I was not exactly tall when I was growing up. I just never stopped growing. So.
1: But were you a shooter? I mean, could you, could yeah.
2: you, yeah? Try, try to be a shooter.
1: <laughs> really? We well, got to get Packy Hanrahan in the NBA all-star celebrity <laughs> competition, a celebrity game. Would you do it?
2: Uh, are you kidding me? I'd love to do that.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I got I We got to see if we can make, pull some strings. Now that I from- know you're a basketball player. All right, Dwight, go ahead. Sorry.
3: So when did you uh, start the two-handed bowling? Did you ever use your thumb?
2: Uh, i mean i like i tried out for my high school team throwing a straight 10 pound 10 pound houseball down the middle but i don't know if i would like exactly call that using my sum in a competitive manner so um once i started on the high school team it was probably a couple months in or a month in and our captain of the high school team was a two-hander so i asked him how he did it
3: So when you got to college, um, were you at Wichita State all four years? Yeah, I was. And what was your experience? Uh, Was Gordon Vanneken in charge still yet before Rick Steelsmith came in?
2: Yeah, I had Gordon for all four years, and I think as well, he was probably one or two years after I graduated as well, and then uh, Rick Steelsmith took over from there.
1: What was that college bowling experience like as far as you doing studies versus – practices and tournaments and being on the road and so forth. Everybody hears about the football experience or the basketball experience, but people don't really ever hear about what it's like to be a college bowler and what that experience is like.
2: Um, so um, I, I went there. I mean, I've you know, starting so late, I never – it's not like I just automatically averaged 220. I practiced a bunch and I chose to go to Wichita knowing that I wasn't going to make the team. So I, I went there, tried out. We had, I think there was 12 spots on the team every year, pretty much. And I was trying out for one of the four spots that weren't already given out. So I obviously did not make it with my 170 average. Uh, but I made like their developmental team or their JV team or whatever you want to call it. And that team practiced, you know, once a week. Um, but I practice every day. Sure. Um, and then my sophomore year when I made the team practices are Monday through Thursday. Um, yeah, Monday through Thursday, it was like two o'clock to four o'clock and then four o'clock to five o'clock. We worked out for an hour with a trainer. Worked out.
1: What do you mean? Like lifting weights and the whole thing?
2: Yeah, listen. It was a lot of cardio, a lot of different like um, exercises that might like help your bowling game. A lot of balance, uh, a lot of balancing, a lot of a lot of different exercises. I didn't. I mean, I I was going to school to be a gym teacher, and a lot of exercises I didn't even I didn't even know what they were when I when I first started. Wow.
4: Go ahead, feel sorry. Did Did you have a a point in time during your college career where you like the the light switch came on and you said hey, after I'm done with college, I, I can take this on the on the PBA tour. Did you have that aha moment, or did it just kind of gradually happen for you? Uh, it probably didn't happen until I actually
2: was after college, because I was never good enough in college to even think about that kind of stuff. I mean, my senior year, I was probably the ninth best kid on the team. Okay. I mean, you guys – who follow bowling know that Wichita State is kinda of like the powerhouse or Kentucky basketball. Yep. So it's it's you know, when I'm the ninth best kid on the team, I'm not thinking, ooh, I bet I could be good on PBA tour. <laughs> I'm thinking like, oh, like maybe that'd, that'd be cool to try it. So
1: Well what happened to the other guys? Are the other guys on the PBA tour? Or what happened to them? Yeah, I bowled
2: with Mitch. I bowled with Frankie. Um, Frankie was out there before Mitch and I, but um, I pulled. I think Frankie was out there the first year I was on the team, and then out um, on the tour after that. And Mitch Hupe was on that team. Wesley Lowe was there when I was wow. there. Um, Who else? I don't. Cameron Doyle was there Jeez. my senior Story. year. Yeah. But yeah, there was a a couple guys. I mean, a couple guys that were just way better than me
4: and didn't ever want to go
2: on the tour. So.
4: Yeah. So it it was a pretty cool moment in Kokomo after you won that you, the first thing you did before you even signed autographs and everything, you went, you went over to the side, you called your parents. Uh, how much of the influence did they have after you got out of college to convince you to, to go ahead with that tour life dream? Yeah, they were definitely the reason that I went. Um, when I
2: started out, I was blowing a lot of amateur tournaments in terms of during college bowling and you know amateur tournaments every weekend just trying to learn as much as i can trying to get better and when i was done with college my mom and my dad you know i was on the phone with them saying like hey like what do you want to do and i was like yeah well I'd, I'd love to bowl but i'm not good enough to go and bowl." uh so my my mom told me and my dad told me they said hey if you if you want to go and bowl we'll help, we'll, we'll help fund it until you think it actually can't work. Wow. But I'd, I'd rather you, I'd rather you say at 26 or 27 years old, yeah, you know, I went out on the tour, then be, t- be 26, 27, you know, in a gym class being like, man, what, what would have happened if I tried? Right. So, I mean, they, you know, they've been super helpful. They pushed me to try and do it asked me said how much time do you need to you know just see if it, it it can work not we're not saying hey how much time do you need to win we're saying how much time do you need to see progress or to see hey like now that i'm making a couple of cuts yeah i think i can do this
3: so where did the nickname Packy come from
2: uh i'm actually a junior so it was my dad's nickname as
1: well wow oh that's really good i'm the, i'm a fourth um so oh, i can, really wow i can i can relate to all of that uh I, I so i gotta go back to something that you said that some of these guys didn't even go on to bowl because uh i'm old um and, and years ago when ej tack it was was first making a name for himself at the world series of bowling and uh and i interviewed him there you know he he was telling me that the money just back then just wasn't good enough and that a lot of guys just didn't want to try and chase the dream and, and struggle financially and to see if they could make it. The, a lot of them went off to do other careers. Uh, is Do you think that's still the case? Or, or do you think we're at the point now where uh, if this is something that you want to do, that the money is good enough to, to justify
0: it? eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, It's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday.
2: Uh yeah. I think I mean I think for sure we're we're at a point where the money you know, you look at the top 15, 20 guys they're getting, you know, if if you could have one tournament, like for example, Michael Martel, uh, he bowled really well at the masters, not great all year long, but a second place finish got him $50,000. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, and all those, all those pros and all those guys, they bowl tournaments year round, they bowl amateur tournaments, they bowl everything. So it's, if I could make a little money being a pro, keep the dream alive, knowing that if I get into the top 15, I'm looking at, like, a good salary.
4: Yeah, he's got um, $86,000 on the year. Stuff winning. like that, all that
2: stuff yeah. that you get added up. I mean, I think if you if you can sneak your way into the top 20, you can make a good salary. And it's for me, it was just doing something that I love to do.
1: Go ahead, Phil. And I think,
2: yeah. yeah, I think a lot of guys feel the same way too, where it's they're at the point where they see guys guys making a couple, you know, it's not like one guy is making a hundred thousand. It's like, okay, there's four or five guys, six, seven guys, some years where they're all making a hundred and twenty, hundred and fifty thousand dollars.
1: That's a good salary for anybody at this yeah. point. Yeah, no doubt. A lot of those
2: guys live in the Midwest where it doesn't cost a lot to live. It doesn't. Um, so all that adds up. Like um, you don't see a lot of guys living in the middle of New York City or LA, right.
4: bowling. Go so ahead, Phil. Yeah, uh, I mean eighty six thousand dollars already in the year. Um, with everything going on on tour now, with the the equipment changes, uh, what what's is there been a little scuttlebutt behind the scenes that guys like it, it's targeted towards guys like you with the urethane all the time on the left side, <laughs> that type of thing, or, or are you is, is it just, do you think it's a necessary change because of how these bowling balls were changing from rolling across the lane all the times and getting softer and softer?
2: It's just one of those things, you know, the, the rules are the rules and we got to adapt to them. Um, obviously, you know, I had a lot of success with the thing. I, it's hard. It's going to be harder for me and a lot of the lefties than some of the righties. Uh, however, you know, the rules change all the time. It feels like, and all, there's only In my mind, there's only one thing you can do, and you just got to adapt. I'm going to practice as much as I can. I'm going to, you know, whatever new equipment Brunswick comes out with, I'm going to do my best to adjust and try and make the best of the situation.
4: So speaking of urethane and adjusting, last night you guys had the skill ball competition in Detroit. Uh, very old school bowling balls, not a lot of flair, uh, pearlized urethane covers that type of thing. And the scores were really, really I considered low. What I thought I'd see on, on the pattern with those guys uh, was it just a matter of getting used to the uh, the different pattern, the low volume. The, obviously, you guys have thrown urethane plenty of times in the past. That wasn't it. The surface inside yeah, of Tom Strobel Arena. What, what was it? What was the low scores last night? It was definitely the pattern. Okay. I mean,
2: like one. I mean, if you looked at the shots and you watched the live stream, it was all of those guys were going through the face pretty much every other shot.
4: Um, so even with that hard of class, your thing, it wouldn't have much...
2: been an issue. Okay. I think if they made him a little more oil than eight mils, but with the pattern being so low volume, it's just all of those guys there had 450 plus rep rates. It doesn't help that. Okay.
3: So, Packy, you're a big fan among uh, the young crowd out there, and they obviously show up at the Pro-Ams um, and obviously are very excited to see you. Uh, there's a lot of two-handers coming up, young two-handers coming up. Do they ever talk to you about having like, having you give them any advice, or do you actually reach out to them when you're bowling with them in the proams and give them any advice because there's so many of them coming? <laughs>
2: I, I definitely try not to give them advice in the pro-am um, unless they ask for it. Because, I mean, a lot of those guys are just there to like see you hang out, get an autograph, chat with you for a minute. But uh, there's definitely plenty of them that ask for advice. Um, and I, I give advice when I can. You know, I'm, I do a little coaching on the side. I do some coaching online, stuff like that. So I, I definitely give advice and I'm much easier to give advice for me, at least, than two, two, two-handed rather than 2 one.
3: What we end up seeing locally in, in the shop, they come in all the time, and here's the question I hear all the time in the shop from the fathers or the mothers of two-handed young boys is, how can those guys generate 18 to 20 miles an hour ball speed when my son can only generate 14 to 15 miles an hour ball speed?
2: I was the same way for a while. Even at Wichita, I was throwing it 15 max. Um, I spent three months just trying to throw it as hard as I can. And I think that's one of the things that helped me grow so fast. I, I was so committed to getting better that I didn't care what the current state was. So I spent like two months literally trying to throw it as hard as I could. And then after that, I learned, you know, how do I bounce? How do I get my balance back? How do I get my hand in the right spot again? Um, but yeah, I, it's all in the legs. It's how fast can I move my feet and how much power can I create with my legs? A lot of two-handers, you see them standing like a like a flamingo at the line, where their leg is straight up and down. Uh, and if you look at the guys that throw it the hardest, like Simon and Troop, like how low do they get at the line? Right. How fast did they, How fast do they walk up there?
3: Yep.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. I, so take us through a typical week for you. Uh, when you're leading up to a, a, a tournament on the PBA tour, as far as travel, as far as what you're doing day-to-day, games, bowling, and so forth, kind of take everybody behind the scenes a little bit if you could.
2: During the week? Or, yeah, during uh, the
1: week leading up to leading up to and through qualifying. Yep.
2: Yeah, you show up, let's say the tournament starts on Tuesday, show up probably Monday morning, practice session for two hours. I usually practice for about an hour and a half. unless I had don't know what's going on that I practice for the full two hours (laughs) um trying to figure it out maybe drill a bowling ball on the pba truck talk to my reps see if you know my ideas line up with what they're seeing and then from there we will just do our best we'll do our best for probably two or three days it's usually two eight game blocks per day or like at the world series it's Two five game blocks six days straight. Um, I guess a lot of tournaments are also just one eight game block two or three days in a row. Right. And then you cut to match place, usually the top sixteen. Or maybe some tournaments have a caches around where it's like top twenty-four, and then after five or six games, it's cut to sixteen or cut to twelve. Um, And then you have usually a round-robin match play where you bowl every single one of those guys, 30 bonus pins per game. Uh, But I will say they did a good job mixing up the formats this year. But a lot of those tournaments are about 50 games over the course of like three days, four days.
1: That's a ton of bowling, Mm -hmm. just an absolute ton of bowling. I want to get into ball reps. We had Chuck Gardner on uh, a while back, I don't know, a couple months ago, whatever. Uh, And obviously he was Sean Rash's uh, ball rep for a a long time. We just talked about the keys to being a great ball rep. And a lot of it to me, uh, depending on the bowler, has to be kind of like being a psychologist, being able Mm -hmm. to kind of get you out of your emotions and not get too low or not get too high and kind of keep everybody level. For you, how important is your ball rep?
2: Very important. I mean, those guys help me out so much throughout the course of the year. I mean, they have to be, a million things. You gotta be a physical game coach, a mental coach, they have to be a ball rep and they have to almost be, you know, a friend to one friend to one of you. So when you're bowling bad, they can help you out and then know what to say. How does it nobody needs a ball rep when they're averaging two fifty? <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Everyone, everyone needs a ball rep when they're averaging one eighty.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah you're on that.
4: So it was, it was pretty cool. Back before the World Series of Bowling, Brands of Brunswick helped me out with a youth tournament here in the Milwaukee area. And the kids had a chance to bowl with either uh, Ryan Simonelli, Don Barrett, or Packy Hanrahan. And every one of those four-person teams the kids were, they wanted to get, make the show and wanted to bowl with Packy. What's it like having being kind of like a rock star to these young kids nowadays when you when you walk into these pro-ams and everything? It's got to it's gotta feel pretty good on the ego. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I mean, it's, it's just cool to be able to give back enough to the sport and like have the kids recognize like, hey, like I'm trying to connect with the kids. I'm trying to help them. I'm trying to either help kids get excited about bowling, help kids realize how fun bowling is, like it is for me. Um, and going to these programs, like it was the same thing two nights ago at the Plastic Gold Championship. We bowled a proam and. The top four teams got to pick a pro. It was either Dom, Tommy, Sean, Lavery, Spar, Jacob Buttrup, EJ Tackett, um, or Matt Ogle. And they they first came out, picked me, and I was like, "Listen, they should be picking." In my mind, they should be picking EJ or Dom or Jacob. Um, But it's cool to just see that they recognize, you know, that they watch. They watch the channel they obviously see me try and connect with them nonstop. so i'm just glad i can do a good job connecting with them and you know trying to do my part to help everybody enjoy bowling a little more
4: yeah and i don't, I don't know if you remember one of the young men you bowled with back in april was uh trey hirinks and he actually took down the title at the pba lbc national championships in the open classic division you're going to see him again in portland Yeah, I remember him
2: and this other kid on the team who finished Braden Malash. Yep, Braden Braden Malish. Yeah, and he ended up finishing fourth
4: at Junior Gold, and I think he's going to Wichita State this upcoming year. Yeah, I think he's on the select team already. So yeah. Yeah, he got pre-selected.
1: That's crazy. Talking with Packy Hanrahan here on Spare Time Bowling Show. Download it on your Odyssey app or wherever you download your favorite podcast at. Also streaming live on the Odyssey Sports YouTube channel right now as Packy joins us on the phone. Uh, I want to talk about PBA League. PBA League draft just happened. Uh, We did a draft preview show. We did a draft recap show uh, last week. Your thoughts on what the PBA League was prior to being involved in this thing um, and kind of your thoughts on it now that you have been involved in it for a little while.
2: I thought it was going to be one of those like college bowling experiences where it's a blast, you're bowling on TV, which is not like college. Right. Um and that's exactly what it was. You know, we bowl against each other all year long and then we finally get a chance to compete with some of these guys and it's it's a much more relaxed bowling experience, but also there's plenty of pressure where the fans are screaming at you and you're bowling on TV for still pretty big prize money.
1: I refer to Portland, Maine as Bowling Heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it, it like bowling there versus bowling other places?
2: It's like Bowling Heaven. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just a completely different fan experience uh, where I wish more places could be like that. And I, I think people do miss out on... I I do think people miss out on where like other environments, they don't realize it's not like that. Um, People don't cheer. People don't get as excited. It's more of like the waste management open and golf where fans are screaming, fans are going crazy. And everywhere else you're, you go up to hit a shot and it's silent. So I, I wish more places they cheered while you were bowling. They cheered the whole time because you wouldn't see moments where people balk because a right. kid moves or because right. a water bottle drops or a pin moves on right. that someone had signed there earlier
4: yeah did you know did you did charlie mitchell and tim mack tell you that they weren't going to retain you for the lumberjacks before the draft yeah i to find out was? i
2: knew i mean with yeah. you have kyle troop chris prather and west milan i didn't expect to be saved
1: Okay. Well, I expected you to be saved. I thought they were going to throw back West, so it was a surprise to me, Packy. I would have kept you. I mean, if your nickname's the franchise, I
2: don't know. I don't know if you can get (laughs) dropped. But but, but, like the league MVP every year. Uh-oh. Yeah,
1: what's that process like when you're in the draft then, and you're not kept? Are you kind of internally kind of rooting for one or two teams to take you? Because anytime you look at like an NFL draft or MLB draft, a lot of these guys want to play on certain teams uh, specifically. What's it like from a PBA bowling perspective? You
2: just hope you bowl with your friends and you bowl with guys you like, mm-hmm. or like me last year and the year before, I just was hoping to bowl.
1: Right. You just wanted the the opportunity and the experience, yeah. and then you got to be a champion on top of it.
2: Yeah, and a lot of times, like like the NFL draft, if you're not one of the top players, you're just hoping to play in the NFL. Right. Yeah, um, which is the same for a lot of the guys on the PBA. Who, okay, like it's it's not it's not a buddy buddy situation where like they pick their friends. It's just a who's going to mesh with the team best. We all know all of us can strike and all of us can throw a million bagger. But how many of us are going to like bowl well in a team environment when it's that loud on TV, when it's nerve wracking and
1: screaming at you? Mm-hmm. It sounds awesome. Pack your hand Check out the YouTube channel, the house bowling for people that haven't been to the house bowling. Uh, tell everybody what they're going to, what they're going to see and expect.
2: They're going to get a lot of fun, ridiculous challenges. Um, And during the tour season, I have a lot of behind the scenes of what the tour is like in terms of the guys who don't make TV every week. You know, So, I mean, I don't make TV every week. And it's kind of an insight to, hey, what happens when you don't make TV? Obviously, when you make TV, the TV puts on a good story of what happened throughout the week. But um, when you finish sixth, how is it? When you finish 20th, how is it? So I mean, I I try and give my best perspective of what the PBA tour is like and what what it's like to not bowl well and what it's like to bowl well and why I do
1: what I love. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless how to get 30 30 to get 30 bit to get 20 20 20 to get 20 20 to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month so
4: give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch
0: 45 dollars upfront for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for a limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms
1: at mintmobile.com I don't believe I've ever asked any of the many bowlers we've had on over the course of a decade or so this question. But I'm intrigued. What are your thoughts on Rob Stone and Randy Peterson as a play-by-play team for TV?
2: Oh, I love them. I mean, I know some people don't and some people do, but I think it's just one of those things. Those guys have been doing it for so long that they they know what to do. They know how to they know how to say what they say. So I I think it'd be impossible for a guy like me to go on their first try and nail it like they do, it seems like every
1: time. Yeah, I think Rob Stone is just amazing. And when Rob Stone was, when Rob Stone came, everybody's like, oh, he's, he's not a bowler. He's soccer. not doing it the the boring yeah. way as everybody else.
2: Research. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And he's, he's just so good. He's so entertaining. I, I watch U.S. men and women's soccer too. Uh, and he's a part of that on TV. Plus, he's he does college basketball. Good. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's really good. Hey, Packy, thanks so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, and you can follow him on Twitter, Packy underscore Packy. Are you going back on Twitter at some point soon? Now that I know you're an NBA guy and I do a Bucks podcast, uh, I think that would be fun. So where your allegiances lie with the NBA? Uh, the Boston Celtics ah, we're going to hate each other then. We're never going to (laughs) get along. That's not going to work, Packy. At least we got along for like 26 minutes. That was good at least. Uh, What what are your thoughts on the Celtics going into the year? I don't know. Okay, that makes me happy. We'll (laughs) end on that. That's good.
2: It it (laughs) seems like they're dropping a lot of their players to try and sign Jalen Brown. Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I wish we wouldn't have traded Marcus Smart, but that's pretty much... All I have to say. I mean, I, I love the Celtics. I love the guys they got. It's just tough when they trade one one of the fan favorites.
1: I don't understand why they wouldn't have maybe they did and we're not aware, but I I, I was saying for hmm, good month, month and a half leading up to this Lillard drama that Brown, Jalen Brown for Damian Lillard made a lot of sense to me. And when it gave Tatum a vet uh point guard that can score and be a dynamic score in big situations. I would have loved to seen what that would have looked like.
2: I'm sure you would have. You're a Bucks fan. <laughs> I'm not a big, big Jalen
1: Brown guy. I don't think he deserves over $300 million myself. But that's just... And I think it's
2: one of the things that's just, you know, every five years or so, you see whoever signs their contract next is going to be the highest played player in NBA history. Right. So he's up next.
1: Yeah, he's um, up next. I
2: think he's probably a top 15 guy. In the NBA, maybe top twenty.
1: Yeah, top twenty. I'd probably be there. with yeah, you. I'd say,
2: yeah, I'd say top twenty. Nobody blinks at it. Fifteen people, you know, might look at it a little closer on who's in that top fifteen. But yeah, Damian Lillard's too old to trade for a twenty-six-year-old who you don't. You still don't know how good he can possibly be. Every year, he gets better. And Jalen Brown this year had like statistically the best career of his year or the best year of his career. So.
1: That's fair. I, I just look at it from the aspect of I want a ring, want to win a ring as soon as possible, and I think Lillard gets you a better chance. It, I
2: hope this helps it look at it like, hey, we might not ring a win a ring this year, but it gives us a chance to win five rings if it sure. becomes who we
1: think he can be yep and that's the key he is Packy Hanrahan NBA Boston Celtics fan and uh if you don't like the Celtics just forgive him he doesn't know (laughs) uh especially because Packy Hanrahan follow him on YouTube the house bowling Packy, thanks so much for coming on and uh I got to get with Tom Clark and get you into that uh all-star celebrity game I think that would be a lot of fun
2: please get me in there
1: All right, man. Sounds good. Have a good one. There he is. Packy Hanrahan joining us here uh, again on the Spare Time Bowling Show podcast. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your day.